0: You call this is the Power Motion Picnic
1: Hour. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Power Motion Picnic Hour. As always, I'm your host, Dave, and as always, beside me is our other host, Trevor. Trevor, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dave? Oh, I'm good. It's great to be here. What what episode is what season is this? We are now in season three. Wow, season three. Or yeah. Episode or, one of season three. the the power motion picnic hour fire walk with me Uh,
2: um yes we just released that um (laughs) that was cool made for tv movie over the weekend we did it in the form of a live stream of of the krampus classic that was was well attended and the recordings have since been uh been posted for the listener and um i'd say we really did it
1: uh yeah i got some uh i guess it's technically Technically mailbag, but really it was just people telling me face to face that they enjoyed the live stream.
2: Oh, very nice. Yeah,
1: so that's basically my a viewer well,
2: for the first time. A, a viewer. viewer,
1: that's right. Yeah, all this technology, I don't understand. As uh,
2: <laughs> as Elton John or William Shatner would say. Well, for those that were unable to join the live stream, which is our version of the the full length movie that was made about Twin Peaks in between seasons two and three um was just me deciding to hit the live button for the first time in like in instagram yeah um to like see if it would work and i wasn't sure if i'd even have signal so i was sort of expecting it might be like um listener dan's community mile effort that yep. sort of like ran until he just like lost lost signal um yeah. but apparently a couple a couple of viewers were there. I saw some chatter. I was in the middle of the race and running, so I couldn't couldn't respond. But there was there were quite a few people there. It was pretty cool. And I
1: think what's almost most exciting about it because it's still up, right? You could still revisit the live stream as a yeah. archival footage. And it makes me think of we have a listener who once told me in a in a sort of mailbag entry, also face to face, decades before we started this podcast. Uh, <laughs> once told me that he watched Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me by accident before watching Twin Peaks, the series thinking oh. it was like thinking that was like the pilot and then proceeded to spoil the entire series for himself <laughs> by <laughs> watching something that came out after season two. So what I'm trying to say is maybe in this age of of binge viewing and uh, and archival everything, someone can watch the Krampus classic before even beginning episode one, Soul Runner. Uh, henry david thoreau and spoil you know the the ending i guess of this podcast
2: yeah 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 well the the big spoiler for us is it's it's i think it's just a lot of heavy breathing and and clomping on the ground um more blair witch than twin peaks i'd say so (laughs) um it lacks uh it lacks uh david lynch's visual sensibilities It's more like the film where Andy Warhol just filmed the Empire
1: State Building for eight hours. (laughs) I think it's more like that. (laughs) Well, that's that's the sort of a classic in its own right. So we'll take what we can get.
2: Yeah. Well, we did take the viewer past um, Krampus Creek, where on the first lap of the Krampus Classic, um, a named non-listener actually fell in Krampus Creek. Um, Yeah. I mean, not like fully, but, but I looked, I turned back and, and he had tried to step on this log and ended up being like up to his knee on like his left side, just his, his shoe just completely in Krampus Creek. Um, so this was not a dog. This was a human. This was a human participant. Yeah, wow. correct. There were two dogs. I mean, the dogs went in Krampus Creek, but that was to be expected. That was intentional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this human runner ended up in front of spectators, no less. Um an unknown mother and her young son
3: <laughs> sitting there like,
2: and enjoying the view and then along comes a racer and into krampus creek <laughs> so, that's
1: usually how it happens right like at the worst moment like i think you're the exception is like you're like you know you always you seem very together you're you have very good running form you're very athletic but then when you're alone in
2: the woods you're just taking falls it's that's <laughs> i mean it's it's so funny because we didn't talk about this but yeah after running you know, 12 and a half miles, uh, for the Krampus classic on Saturday. Um, when I went out for a run yesterday, which was Monday, like a hundred yards in, I tripped on a root and like crashed into a tree, like caught myself in the chest, like with the tree and like (laughs) hugged it. Like it was like a full out fall.
1: Like it was a football move or
2: yeah. And I like crumpled to the ground and I was like, oh man, like, how did that act yeah if you (laughs) didn't
1: if you didn't have a running podcast if you weren't the host of a popular running podcast no one would know that you ever fell because they would just see you in public moments and that guy look at him go
2: look at him go that's a real runner I did crash several times during my Vulcan's Fury my top perhaps my top race performance uh, uh by most objective standards but um yeah Krampus classic um good time we awarded the Krampian uh the 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 trophy went to a dog actually alpine um i saw a picture of that (laughs) yeah there's a picture of our crampion he um yeah there's there's he he inspired he was a real comeback uh definitely had had some some hard times on trails with other dogs like like really bad and and so like had to be on the leash the whole time and um kept his composure and ran a ran a great race and uh won by popular vote so
1: oh that's awesome and yeah you're we're always just racing against ourselves so I guess he he had a lot to conquer a knob Scott Hill I'm glad to hear it went so well I I wish I could have been there um I was there in in spirit sort of you were Uh, yeah um I I couldn't watch most of the footage because I was running myself at the time so that's also
2: you know yeah I mean you got you got your own running to do um we're all running our own race (laughs) (laughs) yeah um We did get some mailbag, though, from um, the Sudbury Conservation Commission.
1: Oh, Uh, I was hoping we'd hear back from them.
2: Yeah, wonderful. Um, Unfortunately, not going to be special guests, but wrote back and uh, said basically something along the lines of, like, thank you, but, like, podcasts are not my thing, which we respect. I respect uh, that, yeah. And then something positive, like, happy running or some something cool like that all right cool well yeah
1: i yeah accept any generally positive uh salutations so yeah thank you sudbury um conservation society
2: yeah commission commission (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you thank you yeah and i'm sure they're listening so of course um so yeah and that's a i think what i got i mean so we did have a, a special guest did you have any other news um we before we get into that great conversation?
1: No, yeah, we I mean there's more to talk about. But yeah, let's get to that conversation. That was really exciting talking to Matthew and and hearing him kind of talk about uh, running from an era we don't talk about as much, um which is strange cuz we talk about I feel like we talk about the 1990s, but not and we talk about ultra running, but not
2: as one thing. We talk about our running in the 90s. Yeah. And But that's about it. And this was this was very cool and and he was a as as we as we'll learn a, a very accomplished runner in many ways. Uh, yeah. Also with some just really cool perspective.
1: Yeah. No. It was, it was great. It was great to hear all sorts of stuff from him. And and little spoiler, dear listener, this might have been a a professional runner in 1993, but I did tell him about the pair of Reebok pumps I was wearing in 1993. So <laughs> so there's a nice
2: thread running through everything. And then uh, we sort of went back and forth a little bit on race results, which was cool too. Yeah. Um. And like like all of our recent special guests, um, spoiler alert: Matthew also hold, held an FKT for are now uh, oft talked about hut traverse. Yeah, exactly. That's that's basically a
1: prereq for being one of our special guests, unless uh, you're a, a keyboard player from Denton,
2: Texas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's now if you're not if you're not that, it's now do you run? And what's your relationship to huts?
1: Yeah, and that's it. And I guess maybe we should go to that now before we uh, risk any more spoilers. This is the Power Motion Picnic Hour.
3: Uh, I'm in Carbondale, which is 30 miles down the street from Aspen.
1: Okay. I've never been. Yeah. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> I
1: mean, I've been around Colorado a little bit, um, but I guess mostly like Denver, Boulder, and Summit County.
3: Yeah, right okay summer county is uh, 100 miles away
1: okay and i think i've been to south park county
3: yeah right which is yeah, like yeah. in but between even, even further away
1: <laughs> yeah i was i went to a place in south park county called the south park saloon and it it advertised as being the highest elevation saloon in the country
3: uh actually well i uh, <laughs> the the um <laughs> The two towns, Leadville and Alma, I think are the highest towns or highest post offices, highest uh, towns in the United States.
1: Yeah, it was in Alma. So,
3: yeah. Yeah, there you go.
1: So that makes yeah. sense. I, I was standing on the porch or the front, whatever you call the front of a saloon, the, the cowboy loitering area. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I said to my friend, I said, I love this bar and uh i, I don't remember why it was really a pretty regular kind of place and a guy walking by goes bars down the street this here's a saloon <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> awesome <laughs> anyway that's enough about uh high elevation saloons matthew thank you so much for joining us or we're, uh we're happy to have you here
3: that's uh happy to uh be a part of this it's great
2: yeah i appreciate it and um so i i guess matthew maybe the if you don't mind to start just maybe yeah, if you could just share your name, uh, and just a little bit about yourself with, uh, with the listeners.
3: Uh, my name is Matthew Cull and, uh, grew up in Australia for 20 years, 21 years. And since then I've lived in the U S uh, started in Vermont for about a dozen years and then moved to Colorado. I was in Vail, Colorado for about another dozen years. And now I've been in the Aspen Valley for about another dozen. So I've been in this country a long time. So, um, I've had a varied career in running, um, but uh retired, retired from that quite some time ago, but uh was definitely a highlight of my life and uh happy to talk about it and other things.
2: Awesome. Well that sounds great. Yeah, I think we first um maybe we'll we'll go back to your years in uh sort of Vermont in the northeast to to start. Um we sort of first found out about you because coincidentally, you know, we have a lot of special guests on sort of try to represent a lot of different types of running. And, uh, we started to notice that, um, our last two special guests were, were both the, the, the most recent, um, female FKT holders of the hut traverse, the white mountain hut traverse. And then we saw your name on there from 93, which is the first sort of that's listed anyway on the site. And, uh, and we're just curious, so maybe tell us a little bit about sort of that time and and that route and sort of what what inspired you.
3: I think I was reading somewhere in a magazine about the hut traverse, but it wasn't about running. It was more the hut traverse was traditionally something done by the the uh, the guys that carry carried in all the supplies and food for all the mm-hmm. huts from the White Mountains, and it g- gave me idea an idea to run the whole thing. Back then, I was pretty competitive, doing a lot of running. Running a lot of races, so I was pretty fit, and I figured, you know, it was uh, it was about fifty miles, I believe, with you know, a gobsmack of vertical, and uh, I just got the idea to do it. So I sort of planned it out and uh, hiked up with a friend to I think it's Lake of the Clouds, the mm-hmm. easternmost one.
2: Oh, east! And- you went you went east to west. Interesting.
3: Do so most people go the other way? I
2: think so. We'll have to verify that. I I was pretty sure most people, well, no, I guess not, because it must be the the standard route. Does it matter which direction you go in?
3: I have no idea. I mean, uh, same amount of vertical, same trail. So what does it matter?
2: No, I don't think it does.
3: Although you do doing it um, east to west, you do get the highest range out of the way earlier on in the day, rather than leaving it to the end. But then you have the other range, which is pretty damned high, and I forget the names because it's so long ago. That's pretty near the end too, so doesn't seem to be much of a muncher. Anyway, we <laughs> hiked up there in the evening and we camped, we, we camped out and uh, and then set off the next day. I actually had uh, a piece of paper with me, and I had the various somebody from each of the hut crews sign uh, with the time uh, at each hut, and uh, yeah, I, I you know basically started. I did it I, uh June or July when the days were longer. Started basically at first light and finished in the dark. And uh, so, yeah, pretty tough day. I mean, it's very, a very rough trail. And there were places, certainly as I was starting to fade for the second half, where it was just not runnable. I was hiked, doing a lot of hiking. So, right, right. Because it's so, so freaking rough. So. I'm trying to remember
1: uh, what your time was. Maybe we could tell our, our listeners. Was it around 13 hours? Was that what it was?
3: 1309.
1: Okay. I've never been out there, but that's from I looked at a, a list
2: of times. That sounds quite fast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't, do you guys know what the current FKT is?
2: Yeah, so Jack Kensel just took it below 10 hours, I think 2 years ago. It's wow. like 9 958, I think. Wow. Also quite fast. <laughs>
3: Jesus, that's pretty fast. That's uh, that's uh, what just lopped off uh, almost a third off of what I did, or a quarter off what I did. Jesus, that's pretty it's fast. That's
1: crazy. Yeah. he's probably got he's probably got more high tech shoes than you had, though.
3: Yeah, let's blame it on the shoes. That must be. It. <laughs> there's not a yeah.
1: There's not a chance that what that what you had could compete with what he had. What, do you remember yeah, what what kind of shoes you were wearing?
3: Actually? Oh, absolutely no way. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <not>. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. it. You're probably doing it in Chuck Taylors if it was '93.
3: <laughs> yeah, who? Knows? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was Nike something. Anyway, but uh, yeah, right. don't
1: not not Reebok pumps.
3: No, not at all.
1: I always love yeah. telling the story of the first day I showed up to track practice, first time ever, which was 1993, <laughs> and uh, I was 10 years old, and um I did wear a pair of Reebok pumps. And there you go. I love <laughs> I love the story. And the coach yelled at me. He was like, he, maybe he didn't yell, but like you know, he was like, "What are you doing? You need to get running shoes." I was like what are you talking about man these are like the best shoes in the world. <laughs> and yeah it was we it was a real not seeing eye to eye moment that he did eventually win out and something yeah. like, I, at some point I came price, back with price. Yeah I came I, I came back with some uh some Nike I don't know Pegasus or something maybe a lesser version yeah. of that you know.
2: And um so anyway I mean the, I think one impre- the, the 13 hours um it stood for 20 something years too, which is, which is really cool. Um, and I feel like, I feel like that's the, like, since then people have been breaking it every couple of years, it seems, but, uh, but yours, yours held, held for quite a while.
3: Well, I'm happy to hear that it lasted so long. It was worth the effort then.
2: There you go. There you go. <laughs> you, aside from the traverse, which we're, we're happy to talk about other running and, and non-running parts, cause you've, you, it looks like you've, you've done a lot of interesting things. Uh, since then too so maybe maybe what uh, what sort of like what were you doing around then in terms of your competitive running and then anything you'd want to share about your travels sort of since
3: um so yeah i went through various periods where i was uh competitive and uh, and you know doing a lot of running and being competitive and then you know traveling and not being competitive not running at all basically and i did pretty well northeast trail runner circuit a lot of the off-road right races around new england and did very well. Um, it actually, you know, Escarpment Trail had the record for that, and the Seven Sisters, and you know, a bunch of other major races uh, in the Northeast. Um, but it was uh, for me running. Sort of the competition was actually the second tier uh, importance of why I ran. Most of the reason why I ran was uh, just to be out there doing stuff mm-hmm. and being out there in the woods and the scenery and you know, getting to some pretty spectacular scenes or vistas and pretty quickly by running. And uh, so that was always my main motiv- motivation. Uh, in 93 and 95, I was selected to be on the U.S. mountain running team. In 93, I went to GAP France for the World Championships, and we did a couple of other races as well. And then in 95, uh, I was on the team again, and we went to Edinburgh, And there was uh, the World Championships or the World Trophy, as it's really called, of mountain running there as well. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, being a mountain runner in the U.S. and being, you know, one of the best in the country is kind of like being one of the best orienteers or one of the best crunch country skiers. And then you go to Europe and you just completely get your ass kicked (laughs) because it's just a whole different level of competition and capability. Whoa! Uh,
1: What country had the best runners? Not Scotland, I would guess
3: uh i think italy was right up there actually really Uh, okay yeah yeah it's kind of like you know cross-country skiing orienteering um downhill skiing i mean you know they just have so much depth because in europe mountain running is so much more you know uh popular it's got so much more money money behind it and you know mountain running in the us is such a fringe sport there's no money in it so you know, once you start throwing money and popularity, you know the competition just gets so much better. Anyway, went to Europe, got my ass kicked, um, <laughs> and, and then I uh, also went to Europe for the um, Fila Skyrunners World Championships, which was oh, in yeah. uh, Chavinia, it, Italy, and uh, that was uh, at, at this point. You know, I'd done a lot of lot of uh, races, done really well. And I was getting to the point where, you know, a, at some point this is going to, this party is not going to last. And I was pretty much um, kind of the over the whole competition thing because it does it take so much commitment, so much training. And if you're to do well, if you're already done well, it's really hard to go back. You know, it's hard to come 10th when you used to come first. Oh, yeah. So pretty. And then uh, I was at that world ch- uh, champ, the Filo. Sky Marathon World Championships, and um, a couple of days before the race, I was actually reconnoitering the course with a bunch of other guys, like an Italian person and uh, an Austrian and another American, Linden. The course was crazy. Went up 4,000 meters, crossed over a glacier, up through a ski field, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was just this unbelievable course that only the Europeans could put together. We actually cut the rope. It was that people were skiing. It was July, but people were still skiing because it was so high (laughs) and there's so much snow. It's a glacier. And uh, so we cut the rope to cut the corner and uh, we're part way up this uh, slope. And suddenly there's people ahead of me, the other people I was hiking with, started yelling at me, stop, stop moving, stop moving. Uh And um, I didn't know what was going on. And these two people took off down the slope. And it turned out that my friend Lyndon, from Colorado, had fallen through through a crevasse. Whoa! And uh, stood there, waited. Eventually, a helicopter came, took us off the ice, uh, You know, basically took us off the ice, and eventually pulled out. Lyndon. he was dead, of course. Oh. And um, Jeez. And uh, so, a couple of days later, I still did the race. The other guys didn't do it because they just didn't have the stomach for it, and I had basically the worst race of my life. I came dead last. In fact, I was so far behind. They were pulling down all the banners and pulling everything apart at the finish oh, line. Oh, man. And uh, so that was basically the end of my running career. So then from then, you know, which wasn't the end, completely the end of my running mm-hmm. career, but I stopped training and, and I did a bunch of races after that, mostly uh, uphill races out okay. here in Colorado. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but uphilling is quite popular, especially in this valley, and it involves running, hiking, or skiing from the base of a ski area to the top. I don't think I knew about that. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's like a whole it's like a whole sport here. There's like they're very short because it's only from the base to the top, so it may be only two or three miles. So uh, and I usually know. the grade is that the, it's almost impossible to run unless you're like the top guy. Okay, so it's a walking race. Yeah lends itself very well to somebody who hikes a lot but doesn't run which is what i was doing so i've done a bunch of those um i haven't raced now probably in 10 years okay of any okay. any kind of race and uh so now i mostly do traveling and hiking and cycling and cool. uh, so still out still very active i'm just not competing and i'm not running so
1: do you find you enjoy it more now that you're not competing you know now that you're doing it maybe for the pure joy
3: Oh, uh, I wouldn't say yes, sure. I mean, certainly there's a lot less. Um, there's not the pressure of running and training and 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 the pressure you have on yourself to yeah. do a particular time or come in a particular place. But uh, so yeah, I can just go out and enjoy it. And you know, it's, you know it's what a lot of the things I'm doing, you know, can be have been very intense over the years. Yeah, and, and as equally as uh demanding but in a different way but it's just no pressure because i mean you have to get somewhere but you don't have to do it in a particular time nor do you have to get into a particular place to feel good about yourself so
1: yeah i feel like i could get into that kind of uphill racing um for a while i got kind of addicted to the stair machine at the gym
3: (laughs) Oh, that same same idea same idea right (laughs)
1: yeah yeah right and I think I think I was good at it although I have like nothing to judge it by you know because I feel like even the other people at the gym on the machines next to me like weren't doing it the same way I was you know like I got really into you could you could type in um what was it they were like structures around the world you could try to climb the height of oh yeah yeah and so the tallest structure was the Burj Khalifa is that how you say that Uh, in Dubai Dubai. Dubai.
3: that is pretty much the highest structure so yeah yeah
1: and so I would put it on that and I would just get do it faster and faster and faster as fast as I could. But I, like I said, I have nobody I would get the high score in the machine, but I don't think, like I'd be like the top five names. <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't think I was really like competing against anybody like who was as into it as I was or or was top in any way. So I don't think it's any kind of
2: Good place against those four other
1: people that didn't know they were in a race. <laughs> they didn't know yeah, the to them. It was not a race. It was like almost their their easy day at the gym. They're like, Oh, no, I'm not going to run today. I'm going <laughs> to go easy <laughs> so on the, stair-master. the stair master. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: And, and I, I thought somebody would someday ask or find out who I was like, Whoa, you're, you're five of the top five. On the, on the <laughs> the top five.
2: Nobody ever asked. Well, we just, we had a race, um, just this past weekend here <clears throat> that, um, that I organized and, and it, it, my wife tends to call it not a race, but just a run in the woods with, with my two friends. Cause that's basically what it, what it ended up being, but we did like a, a four hour. Just like sort of like lapping around this one this one little hill nearby uh in the woods, and um I came in fifth place in that race um out of five at, well out of six, okay. including the two dogs um, <laughs> yeah. and 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 my son, who didn't actually race and just held held sort of four at base camp do so you beat him so no? I beat no i i lost I, he he came, he came in fourth oh, okay. um because we ended up not scoring by like mileage or laps but by popular vote and Mm -hmm. uh anyway i'm pretty happy with my fifth fifth place finish yeah the second to last to lose yeah well (laughs) i mean we don't know how many people are on the stairmaster either that's true
1: i was also probably i
2: could have been last on the stairmaster as well probably fewer dogs in that race (laughs) <laughs> um, but um so yeah i mean dave you should get into that we we always try to get dave into trail running because he's he's a bit more of a road runner but if, aren't there races matthew like it would would is what you're talking about with like the vertical kilometer or like some of the up and down stuff is that like a similar category
3: well basically the vertical kilometer is exactly the same as an uphill i mean it's just that uphills are generally done in ski areas and mm, the advantage uh... of doing an uphill in a ski area is that uh, you could possibly get the lift down, so you save that. <laughs> you save that couple of miles and a couple of thousand feet of, of jarring coming back down again. So, yeah,
1: and as yeah. opposed to skiing, you could drink the beer on the way down instead of drinking the beer on the way up. Yeah, this <laughs> that's how I used to do
3: it. I think. Yeah, but then, like I said, I haven't competed in the last ten years, so. Uh, it's mainly just uh, being outside in the mountains. The mountains here are pretty spectacular. There's a bunch of fourteen thousand foot mountains within, basically within sight here. Mm, cool. So, nice. um, yeah, the outdoor, the outdoor options, the outdoor activities here are pretty superlative, and that's why I'm here. So, nice. Awesome. Yeah.
1: I, I had a thought occur to me because we talked to a lot of long contemporary long distance runners and current old, ultra, you know, competitive ultra marathoners and stuff like that. And sometimes we hear about people listening to uh music when they run when they're out there that long you know yeah but but if you were doing those really long distances in 1993 you know you couldn't just load up your uh spotify with podcasts but did you ever listen to anything like that when you were out there like did you ever bring a bunch of cassettes or mini discs and listen to like never, a, bunch of, never, a lot of music
3: never, never have whether no? i was back in my competitive days or days now but it's part of part of the deal is being out there immersed in the environment you're in and you know mm-hmm. a, lot of time, a lot of times uh wildlife give themselves away by sort of making a noise so if you're you know got something else going on in your ears like music you're not gonna that's that's but those potential wildlife sightings that you might may not catch so right right
1: I'm with you when I, when I'm running outside, like if I'm on the stair machine or in a gym, I'll listen to headphones. But if I'm running outside, I like to just have the world be what I'm listening to. Yeah. Um. But I yeah. do, when I do run like races with a lot of people, you do see tons of people now with, you know, earphones in.
3: Yeah, I, you know, and I, sometimes I've had some issues, with, you know, especially cyclists or, you know, people just on, you know, paved rec trails. And they're all over the place. And, you, you know, you announce from, you know, when you're coming from the rear, you announce you're going and they don't hear you. So they're still mm. all like, that. yeah, so, uh, I think it's kind of hazardous. But uh, especially if you're cycling in traffic or something like that, it's ridiculous to, to do that. Yeah, um, exactly. Cycling is crazy.
1: Yeah, I think cycling is, <laughs> is, is pretty hazardous no matter what. So yeah, anything you're doing to, to make it more hazardous is a, is a yeah, rough not, idea, you know.
3: Not too smart. yeah Yeah. but to each their own to each
2: their own so i I, i've gone both ways i mean i love just running in the woods you know no no music no podcast and that sort of immersive experience but i've also been going out for like a training run or something it's also like one of the best times for me to actually like listen to things and since i love like music and stuff it ends up being a good time to sort of like dive in or listen to new stuff too so i kind of use the you know the the the, the, the time that way i guess sometimes right.
3: yeah i mean you know whatever whatever floats your boat basically i mean if you know if that's especially some people use find it really helpful because the music the beat of the music helps them keep up the pace yeah especially if you're what you know especially if you're worried about you know training or times or something then that can really uh help you speed you along i mean and I have, i've even noticed on events like you know um Snowboarding and skiing, people wearing, you know, listening to something, whatever they're listening to. So obviously, even something as short as that, as opposed to you know, spending hours running, yeah, uh, they they find it helpful somehow. You know, the up tempo beat gets them all physically mm-hmm. you know, revved up, so which could lead to physically better performance. So.
2: Yeah, I feel like one of our special guests, Brendan, was talking about that sort of like running. Like to the, to the rhythm type thing. I think, and I feel like you do that a little bit, Dave, too, on like the indoor stuff you do, the treadmill. And like- if I'm
1: on a treadmill, I'll definitely have headphones in for, I mean, but that's something I came to like specifically, at least originally, because like I thought the gym was playing such terrible music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like if, if you're in a gym, you don't have the ability to avoid music. So you might as well choose your own. But then, yeah, then I did get, and we've talked about it obviously plenty here. Then I did get into the idea of running to certain things my my yeah. fa- my favorite being old ska music um or makes you feel young again <laughs> makes you feel like I'm a young man at a ska show just dancing <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment well, that you makes
3: get... sense. I mean it's, it sense it makes sense that you're inside if you're inside I mean I you know I yeah. listen to me inside inside a car or inside a house all the time but yeah. outside never.
1: what's your favorite music Matthew Or what's your favorite current thing you're listening to
3: Oh, I don't have any favorite movies. I have this, uh, you know, I have a uh, iTunes library with about uh, uh, thirty gigs of music, and it's always on shuffle. Okay. I, I actually, I actually struggle with uh, when there's, you know, more than two or three songs from the same person in a row. Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. You like, like to mix it up.
3: Totally eclectic, different all the time. Every song is, you know, different genre from the one before or after. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've
1: been listening for <laughs> like for like two weeks almost exclusively. Mod revival music 79 through like 83. Like the jam and that, that kind oh, of stuff, like that, and all the bands who are in, influenced by them. Yeah, like nice. I've been doing the opposite of mixing it up. I've been listening to like the exact same thing, but not the same band, but the exact same style over and over. Yeah, I do that sometimes too. I'll get
2: stuck on like a time period or a genre. Go! appreciate you coming on and thank you so much for for sharing it was really awesome to hear all the all the stories and um yeah i guess anything else um you'd you'd want to share any any advice to the the listeners as they're just sort of embarking on their their running careers or yeah i guess just any closing thoughts
3: um i would i would say that uh do it because you love it sort of like uh not because you know you're trying for a particular performance or uh, a particular time, or for comp- even for competition itself. You're you know you're running or any activity. I mean anything in life basically, but especially an activity. There are so many activities to choose from. Um, <laughs> there is much of an excuse really not to be an active person in some sort of field or another because there's so many activities you can partake in, whether it be ball sports or, you know, some activity that takes you places like running or cycling or hiking. Um, but, uh, you know, pick the activity that you really love. And if that turns into something that you want to be competitive with, great. If not, just enjoy it for its own sake and enjoy the environment and the experience that you have and, and have it enrich your life just through the experience itself.
1: Awesome, I love that. <laughs> that's great. Cool. That's, that's a perfect, yeah. uh, perfect thought to leave on. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Hey, thanks for the invite. This is the PowerPoint.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Matthew, for coming on. That was awesome. It was a great talk and uh and what an awesome, inspiring, closing thought to leave us with. That was really great. Very cool. Thank you so much, Matthew. All right. Well, I I mean there is. We do have lots of news and lots of things always going on in the Power Motion Picnic Hour universe. We covered the Christmas classic. Do we have anything else about that, or did we did we update everybody and everything people have been dying to find out?
2: Um, I think there was just the format change um, was alluded to. I believe in our in our in our chat with Matthew, and um, but just to to sort of clarify, it was um, one of the. The young apprentices um i was unable to secure a backup sort of child care option so we ended up you know the night before deciding um to appoint appoint him as uh, assistant race director official photographer and official scorer so he had all kinds of duties and of course was in the back handing out free bobos to the runners as they came through on their breaks but because we had um the young apprentice somebody always had to stay by the car so we ended up doing it more like relay style like two people went out and then the next two went sort of trading off sort of the longer stay and it ended up being uh being a lot of fun we ran a total of 38 laps uh, wow between the between the six of us yeah
1: that's amazing congratulations to you and all the participants and also the new race director
2: it's like the stoic philosopher Epictetus once said if you want to win a race um you know something about you know running yeah. one that nobody else is in.
1: Yeah, that's the way to win. Yeah. Uh, invent your own category in that's the right. the community mile or make your own race. Yeah,
2: make your own kind of music, float your own kind of boat,
1: whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, as I said, I was there with you guys spiritually a bit running uh doing some LA marathon training.
2: Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: It's uh and I'm under five weeks away now. So I was a little bit nervous a few weeks ago. I, I remember being on pod, just worried saying, oh, I got to get, <laughs> I gotta get those mileages up. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I feel better after these last couple of weekends. And two days ago during the Krampus classic, I ran, uh, 18 and a half miles. Oh, wow. So that's, that's a nice distance. Um, just out there solo running a little over three laps in central park a little bit hung over
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which is, yeah like,
1: i don't do that as much anymore especially for a, a run that long but um but that was good to know that was almost good you know race day when like you might not be hungover on race day but you might have had a bad night's sleep the night before um you, you're dealing with non-ideal conditions so i i created that for myself a little bit
2: yeah no that's something i i talk about um often i'm not sure on pod yet but in 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 the real world, I often mention uh, working through self, self-imposed self <laughs> adversity. Yep, exactly.
1: And I did a little bit of that, but it, it felt really good. Like I said, a little over uh, one lap in Central Park is a 10K. So I did a little over little over three, so about 18 and a half. And I, my finish was a uh, tavern on the green. <laughs> I could nice. see it. I could see the rooftop of that peeking over uh, the last hill. I got pretty excited and I, I had a burst of energy, of course. Classic. Yeah, mostly because of the excitement, a little bit because of the the caffeinated goo gel tab I'd taken a couple oh, miles back to, nice. fly me back into the end. But yeah, that was pretty great, pretty fun, and uh, probably probably just two more long runs before the marathon. Before I start
2: tapering a little bit. That's really cool. So you're like, you're you're kind of entering. Are you entering the home stretch, or or is it just that you have to stay consistent and and not have any like super long runs and then sort of unleash it. For the for the day or like what's your what's your strategy i,
1: I don't know i mean I, i'm still just doing a soul runner approach to training but the one difference this time around is i'm piggybacking on a female gear shed testing correspondence really regimented training plan mm-hmm. and, and so i'm probably i think she has two more long runs and i might just go along for those nice. and, I, and i might do what i've been the kind of thing i've been doing whereas if i have a little bit left in the tank at the end of those i kind of stretch them out
3: That's, that's my stretch
1: out distance or, or depending yeah depending on where it is, uh, distance or time or both. I did that when we did a, we did like a 15 together and that's kind of how I stretched that out to 15 and three quarters. I think just by running ahead and looping myself through the little island and (laughs) little extra stuff like that. Oh yeah. The little island. I like to add Hills when I can. Um, although if you're just running in central park, central park is great for Hills.
2: So yeah. It does have nice hills. Oh yeah, it's it's wonderful. But yeah,
1: so that's that's exciting. I'm getting excited for that that coming up. Uh, like I said, under five weeks away.
2: Central Park kind of reminds me of um, of Golden Gate Park. Just just uh, not quite. The hills aren't quite as big, but uh, but but it's it's kind of like it's yeah, more than more than you got anywhere else. It's great. Close to you on like on the island. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's by far the best thing I have. So and and Saturday was like in the mid high fifties. So I was out there just running in my two inch shorts and like yes. ra- race singlet and a fila headband. So uh, the way I like to run, um, yeah. Although I, th- th- it was the first time running outside in shorts like that in a while, and I think I realized that I've, I've got, I've become a running tights person.
2: Oh, I love the tights.
1: Yeah, this happened to me over the winter, and so I think I'm going to have to get some sort of short running shorts, tights, or whatever they're called. Um, you can get the.
2: That's probably. That's probably right for you. Um, that's what I need. Might need. They those have for... the they have the regular shorts with the with the built in sort of like tight liner too.
1: Yeah, I have something like that that I actually don't run in. Maybe that's what. Maybe they are running shorts. I just use them for non-running days at the gym. Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe I'll take those for a
1: spin not a shorter run. See how it feels.
2: Well, you tend to like them pretty short. I mean, the traditional sort of like ultra light running short is just is just loose and very short. Yeah. That's I mean
1: that's what probably I probably like here. It's probably like your two inches. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna be in some warmer climates a little bit as part of my training. Going I'm flying to Wilmington, North Carolina tomorrow for work. Nice. And then I'll uh I'll be in Florida uh in a couple of weeks for family family stuff. So
2: I'll be good.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to get some good runs in both of those places. So this is really kind of easing into the home stretch
2: here. Awesome. And who knows how many episodes we'll have until a very special marathon, LA Marathon recap.
1: I can't wait. I can't wait. And, and I'm trying to figure out what shoe to wear. So maybe we'll just kind of uh, do
2: doe do into
1: the gear shed because I did pick up a new pair of shoes. Oh. Um, I just got these yesterday. This Look is the, uh, the Adidas Supernova Solution which are awesome. <laughs> those look great. Uh, and I actually, I didn't run them in the park. I, I bought them yesterday. I ran them today just for a kind of a short four mile on the treadmill, but they are recommended by my good friend at the running store. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I went in and asked if I could try a pair of uh Saucony Tempus and a pair of Asics gel Cayanos. And then he brought those two out and then he brought another Saucony and then he brought these Adidas. And, and you the, chose those the adidas came home it was a pretty close call actually between the adidas and the the Saucony but mm-hmm. I wanted the Saucony to win because they were like playing black
2: <laughs> and yeah I was like,
1: that'd be more practical to own but um that's okay I got these um well cobalt I guess that's what you'd call these
2: yeah not bad looks looks primary blue on <laughs> on the zoom
1: yeah I had a I had an LL Bean backpack this color about 30 years ago <laughs> Nice. So, so maybe I'll get my initials uh, stitched
2: into these as well. Matthew, yeah. Matthew used that type of bag on his FKT, I believe. The L.L. As, Bean? As, uh, yeah, the a, a blue one specifically. Probably. There were only like three
1: colors back then. There was It's part, it's part of the lore. Cobalt. It was red. red there was, for sure. I think There was a
2: green, right? Probably. like a Probably would have been like a forest green. Did you have an L.L. Bean backpack? No, I had uh, an East Pack.
1: That's cooler, I think.
2: Um, and I, then I had a Jan Sport.
1: Also, I'd say cooler. I had an yellow bean for a little bit, and the problem with the yellow bean backpack was at first it seemed like a good thing because it was so big, you know. Oh, you could fit so much in here, but you just put in as much as will fit in there, and then you are some five foot tall child <laughs> walking walking around with like a a turtle shell in the back of you, and like that. First of all, is not good for you. Second of yeah. all, you do, you don't need every book at a all of, times.
2: A bunch of mangoes.
1: Yeah. And then a third, it opens you up to all sorts of like weird things that kids can do grabbing your backpack and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So at some point, despite having the nice bean backpack, mm-hmm. I ditched it and I got I got like an off brand backpack. Nice. Yeah, which I thought was super cool. Um, How did you wear it? Did you go two shoulders? Did you go one? Probably would have been mostly one around that time. Around the time that I switched to the off brand, and this is probably being 12 years old. I remember I got this black brown backpack which you can make black and brown work and that it was very in in the mid 90s it was kind of a yeah. ska- skatery kind of look that i would wear uh how would i do it i would like only have one of the one of the shoulder things even latched so the other one wasn't even hooked up and i would wear it diagonally oh like as if it was like a messenger bag satchel yeah yeah but it wasn't it was just a backpack and i'm sure i saw some older kid do it and just like stole it from him that's cool it felt cool <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was, but it felt very
2: cool. I mean, yeah, it was. It was a step up
1: from the LLB Bean backpack.
2: Yeah. Oh, I was picturing LLB and I forgot you were now talking about the the black and brown one.
1: Something um, tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Like JanSport size. It was like a JanSport.
2: Yeah. Oh, and um, I guess I had one final mailbag. Okay, let's you know? do it. Um, let's get in there. Get it in. So we we had a, a dear listener write in and uh say that she knows this was this was i guess i won't give any spoilers out but she knows somebody that might make a great special guest uh, or had a had an idea you could almost call it like a request a listener request like hey would could you get like so and so for for special guests and i just wanted to say we we certainly encourage you know we're we're happy to take any requests and we'll do our best to fulfill them. That's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're happy to get the request and
1: we'll reach out to almost anyone you suggest that we reach out to.
2: Correct. And if you happen to have found an email for Zdeno Chara, we'll take that. Um, otherwise we're, we're usually pretty good on our own.
1: We can usually, yeah, we can usually find the person, but um, we, yeah, we don't have any contact for him yet, yet, yeah. but we've gotten yeah. a lot of, a lot of people asking for him.
2: Correct. Big runner ultra runner very tall he's a he's right he's doing marathons now right he was doing marathons i think he started doing ultras i think he ran at 50k i'm excited about that maybe we're just waiting for him to become uh hut traverse fkt holder
1: wait till he finds out about it wait till he hears this episode he might even be a listener he might it might he might be shocked to find out we've been looking for him because he's maybe been hoping we'd reach out it, it very well could be true so zedano uh just as you know as a long time listener yourself just you know comment on any picture on our instagram or uh, or comment on any picture on dave rawling's instagram and uh it'll get to us dave knows what to do with the messages that's right okay well i guess that's uh, that's us winding down on this very special season of uh, opener premiere debut of the <laughs> power motion picnic hour in our in uncharted waters right uh, emulating a season of twin peaks that we
2: haven't even seen yeah i'm just still doing the eight episodes where the plot goes sideways and nothing happens you're still um, you're you're keeping that spirit alive well i think i think i'm realizing we we're sort of in yeah in this in this land of huts right now that we didn't even know we were we were in until we were yeah until we were pretty deep we've had three of the top hut traverse runners of all time right is that fair to say correct yeah definitely held the the fastest times uh for some period of their lives and and some period of our lives as a as a result too so yeah
1: there's a crossover there that's that's exciting i can't wait to see what happens next whether it's the dana or whatever else happens um it it should be an exciting season no matter what i can't wait until next time onward (laughs)
0: This is the Power Mode.